welcome to the first episode of the Anti-Artificial Turf podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, and joining me today is Nicole, leader of the Anti-Artificial Turf campaign for YCATS. Hello, I'm Nicole, and I'm a junior at Saratoga High School, and I'm the president of the Environmental Action Club. Like Catherine mentioned, I am leading the Anti-Artificial Turf campaign. Thank you, Nicole. Before we begin, would you like to briefly explain the mission and impact of Saratoga's Environmental Action Club? Yeah, so as the Environmental Action Club, we hope to create a safer, healthier, and more environmentally friendly environment for both our school and the communities around us. So some of the ways that we're trying to do this is by passing ordinances in the cities or advocating for certain bills in the California legislature, such as SB 499 or AB 1423 to help our campaign. That sounds wonderful. I definitely encourage all of you to support the club and its mission. Now, moving on to today's main topic. In this episode, we'll be discussing various human health consequences that result from artificial turf. So Nicole, Artificial turf is something we see all around us, right? Whether it's from sports fields to schools or even to our own home backyards, it's present almost everywhere. So why is something so harmful so close to us? Yeah, so a big problem is that many cities and governments and citizens aren't really aware of the consequences of artificial turf. Like, even in very many of the cities that are nearby you can see a lot of them have installed artificial turf in parks or private properties or schools because they think that it's more environmentally friendly and that for example it saves water but this is actually a false misconception because there's been a lot of research showing that it doesn't necessarily save water especially if you account like the amount of water it needs to spend when you're maintaining it or you're washing it or you're cooling it down to avoid extremely hot temperatures for the athletes that are using the fields. So like even according to the Santa Clara County Medical Association, their letter states that artificial turf can significantly exceed temperatures of natural turf at times 40 to 60 degrees higher than living grass. So this is really harmful for both the environment and the people that are using it, but not a lot of people know because not a lot of coverage talks about artificial turf and the harms of it. I see. So then what makes artificial turf so harmful to human health? Well, first of all, artificial turf is made of a lot of rubber tire infill, which is basically the black crumbs that you um, see in the floor when you actually see an artificial turf field. And these are typically made of non-biodegradable materials, which are basically polluting our waterways. And they're also commonly infused with PFAs, which are perfluoral alkyl substances, which are extremely harmful to human health and are commonly found to like increase cancer rates for people like especially for children that are commonly exposed to the substances especially through artificial turf. Uh, so you mentioned all these like toxic chemicals like PFAs so could you go more into detail about what specific health concerns they actually bring? Yeah so PFAs are a group of fluorinated carbon chain chemicals which are also known as forever chemicals 
because they basically stay in the environment for hundreds of years and bioaccumulate in the plants and animals. In especially humans, they can cause like endocrine disruption, liver thyroid issues, or like various metabolic and developmental effects. So then how do humans become exposed to PFAS? There are a lot of ways that people can be exposed to PFAS, but the Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry explains that the most common route of exposure is inhalation, which the process of which can happen when somebody is exposed to artificial turf, for example. And another way that you could ingest PFAS is through contaminated water, food, or soil or injuries. So these PFAS chemicals can really easily enter our bodies. Um, are there perhaps any other additional sort of health issues that result from artificial turf? Yeah, so artificial turf can also increase the risk of sports injuries and infections, and they don't provide like the level of comfort and padding that natural grass provides for athletes like during their strenuous level of exercise. It also doesn't have like the same support in the soil that artificial turf has. So basically when you, for example, fall onto the field, if you like get tripped or something happens, then it's more similar to like falling down onto a piece of hard wood it's like the difference between falling onto a piece of hardwood and the difference between falling onto like a soft mattress. Like there's nothing in it that creates a mattress for your body when you fall onto it, as opposed to the soil that is much more squishy, I guess. So when you fall onto it, it doesn't really um, impact your bones as hard. And there's also like a lot of heat-related harms that could come with artificial turf, and there's also a much higher risk of bacterial infections when you play on artificial turf more often. Great, so then what can the audience do? So first off, if you do have artificial turf, it would be really beneficial to both you and the environment if you could replace it with natural grass, since it's not only um, easier to maintain, but it's also more environmentally friendly. It also costs less since the artificial turf Austin often has installation, maintenance, and disposal costs, which can include things like chemical disinfectants, infill, irrigation, and a lot more. Also, natural grass can improve your mental well-being and mood. Many people are found to be happier and less stressed when they are in natural green spaces, and other than reducing personal artificial turf usage, you could also get involved with local anti-artificial turf bills. As this year's California legislati legislative season has come to an end, we recently found out that one of our team's focus bills called SB 676 was successfully passed, which now allows cities and counties to pass bans on the installation of artificial turf on private property. This means that we'll be able to do a lot more with our campaign, and this means that, that if you want to advocate for something at your city, you can encourage them to pass a ban on the installation of artificial turf. That's all for this episode. Special thanks to Nicole for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you all so much for listening and remember to follow at EAC underscore SHS on Instagram and Facebook to support the anti-artificial turf cause. 
Have a fantastic day and see you in the next episode.